Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Keetra Thompson, a certified master hypnosist and providing hypnotherapy services and focus on reframing and integrating complex trauma that's driving unwanted behaviors. Oh, wow. Keetra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Ah, so, so welcome. Can you expand a little bit more on that and let us all know, know, where are you today with your business and who do you love to work with? I am currently um, really in a growth pattern with my business, expanding and growing, which is great. Who I love to work with, I mean... In all honesty, hypnotherapy works for every issue, so it's hard to narrow that down. But what I really love is I work with people who want to connect to themselves so they can connect to other people. And relationships are really what drives everything in life. So whether we're talking about someone's personal, intimate relationships with their spouse, their partner, or they're talking about their relationship to other people, um, and they're being hindered with social anxieties or not being able to get where they want to go professionally. There's just Mm. so many issues, but it all boils down to connection, connection to the self, and then the ability to connect with other people. Nice. And who are the people that you you find that, whether it's by by design that you have to work with, or the the ones that kind of find you, who who are they? You know, it's a can be a broad range of people, but I would say that people who are hurting in a space of they know that they're not living an authentic life and the pain of that has now outweighed the pain of getting help for it and so a lot of extreme anxiety social anxiety a lot of um, relationship connection issues people that have reactivity issues in relationships and um, that what they think is actually a communication issue isn't really a communication issue at all. It's an internal trigger issue. And so um, they're in pain in their relationships. They're on the verge of getting divorced. They just got divorced um, or they're just desperate to make this big change in their life. Mm. Yeah. I was gonna say beautiful. It's, it's horrendous. It's, it's a tough moment, but that moment of pain where it's like, I need help. I need to work through this. And it has to, there's got to be a better way. I think yes. that comes at the, that's the, the pinnacle of, of most coaches who care, who want to help. It's like, I don't want you to go through what other people have or, or, or what we've been through. Yeah. So h- how did you first get started with? What made you want to become a hypnotist? Well, first I was a coach. 
So I was a relational recovery coach first. And in my own healing journey and process, I ended up hiring a hypnotherapist that does the modality that I do, which is a very unique modality. Um, and I immediately realized I need to do this. I need to go back to school to do this. Um, and so I did. And I've never looked back. It's been the best decision ever. And it's taken me from, you know, coaching people in a certain aspect to getting underneath it all on a subconscious level. So they create this insane amount of momentum moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's made all the difference for my clients, but also I feel better about what I'm doing because I know that I'm getting them the best results. It's come from your experience. I love interviewing coaches who have found a new modality, a new way of working, a new weapon to use in your armory of how to to to, to help people. And you're like, yeah, this this is it. This is the one thing. So, what was it like for you when once you hit that moment of, oh my gosh, this is life changing. I need to to spread the word. I need to help people with this particular way as a to complement what you do. What was that moment like for you? Oh boy. Um, well, I felt very confident in my decision and I, I knew this was the path I needed to take, but really leading up to that. And I think this is the case in life for everyone that big changes are precipitated by usually a lot of pain. And I was in a very toxic, terrible marriage. And I was in a place of extreme pain of really clawing my way out of that. And so it required a lot of determination on my part to make this shift and change into, I mean, I completely switched careers. I was in escrow closer for a long time in real estate. So um, it was a big shift even into coaching and then an even bigger shift into hypnotherapy. But I think that that when you've reached a pain point in life that says you have to do something different and not just different for the sake of different, but something for me, at least it needed to be something that was meaningful, that mm. felt like I was truly helping other people and doing something that mattered to me. And so that was really the motivation behind the switch. Beautiful. So you've gone through this, uh, an amazing journey for yourself, shifted mm -hmm. and pivoted completely. Um, mm -hmm maybe become the the accidental entrepreneur it's like I didn't I didn't need to become a coach but I kind of just sort of fell into this and it just felt right um that is a kind of a, a beautiful journey on its own maybe we'll talk about that a bit later on yeah. but with but with your clients what is it that you what do you find that time and time again you have to help them to overcome or work through initially it's a very holistic process so it's never that we're just addressing the one thing they're coming for. Um, and I would never do that because it, in my opinion, it needs to be a holistic process. So the one thing that it really boils down to is dealing with this belief system that we create as a small child. We're basically in hypnosis from birth to age seven. So mm. we're taking all this information and then we're assigning meaning to it and we're writing this meaning in the uh, like a blueprint in our subconscious mind and then our subconscious mind runs like 95% of everything we think, feel, and do, but it's not accessible after the age seven, except for with a few exceptions. So mm. um, really helping people get to the root of what's driving their behavior and then reconnecting them to their self-worth because we talk about self-worth and we talk about self-love, but what that really boils down to is being able to see yourself 
in your humanity with compassion and and have resolved those sort of underlying stories that we tell ourselves so that when someone else um criticizes us or makes a judgment or assumption about us we aren't assigning that to our self like defining our self-worth by it we aren't defining ourselves by it mm. so i think at the deepest level of the work that i do it's about reconnecting to your self-worth so that you aren't being drug around emotionally by yeah. the behaviors of other people but oh my gosh logically everything you just said there is like yeah logically we all get it but oh my gosh in the moment it is it is so tough to do i mean these programs are so deeply embedded as you said they're running on autopilot all the time and sometimes yes. we, we don't find out where they actually come from sometimes that's not so important as to okay understanding having that awareness seeing that it's there cool now we can do something about it with whatever modality you choose to do so Absolutely. it sounds like it's a completely unique experience that your clients go on because everyone's slightly different i mean we could say there's only a handful of real root causes only a handful of real root fears yes. but the nuances with our experiences and our genetics and so much goes into it that there is a little bit more to it than that so you get to i guess guide through that find the pieces that you need mm -hmm. bring it forward in that moment with your clients is it that moment of sort of vulnerability is that a tough place for them to be or is it quite enlightening like oh my gosh i i kind of see it now and then you get to kind of hold that space oh it's a lot of space holding and it's very vulnerable it's rare that a session happens without some my client in tears and having these aha moments but again before they leave um, it's so full of positivity and all the good things they want to be and feel and experience that they leave on this real high, right? So it's a lot. It's a lot emotionally because it, it has um, all of the depth and sort of the sorrow of, of realizing these old things, but then reframing them into something that's new. So when you are able on a subconscious level to go back and reframe this belief where it started with the truth, that you now know it's a, it's just like all of this weight coming off. Mm. And so um, it's an incredible experience. I love it. I leave every session feeling amazing. Um, and my goal is that all my clients leave session feeling amazing. And so it's a, it's a great process. Beautiful. You said about the, the depth and the sorrow. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, that's big there. Um, but to tie it into, into, the entrepreneur's journey your journey as as a business owner that there's the roller coaster right there depths and sorrows and happiness and excitement of of what it's like as you take that step to say yeah this is my business this is what i want to do look at how many people i can help so yeah as you as you first started your business this i think is a is a beautiful area because you have so much personal uh tie with the modality with the coaching with how you can help people yeah but also there's that time that you, I've, I assume you really want to help people. So there is a, there is a pull, there is a need, there is a desire for you. How hard is it to balance that desire with your, well, maybe when you first started as you, I want to help the world with this, yet you need to grow your business and charge your worth and make sure you have your own boundaries and have that work-life balance. So what was it like for you as you became the accidental entrepreneur and started building more than just a job, an actual business? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, well, it was, it's true. It still can be tricky to balance being everything in a business. Now I've hired on some professionals here and there that have helped. Um, and the more I think I can delegate out of my expertise, um, the better. Um, but of course, initially that's never the case. And so there's always this push where I have had to do things I didn't love doing. Even with my YouTube channel, I knew when I started my YouTube channel as a coach um, that I was going to suck at it and I was going to have to do it anyway. And I just had to force myself. I felt like I was showing up to a test every time I shot a video and it wasn't live. I could edit it, but I still felt like my brain went blank and I was showing up to take a test. And yeah. so um, over time I've hired a, a video editor and, and I've done some other things like that and I've gotten more comfortable, but it, I think it's about pushing yourself to do the things that you know you have to do um, and prioritizing those. and and letting yourself do them not perfect. Mm. Like that has been the biggest thing I have had to say, done is better than perfect. And I've had to tell myself I can go back and revisit that layout on my website later. I can go back and fix whatever, you know, if I want to later, um, it just needs to get done. Yeah, And that's been really helpful for me, but it still does there is still a struggle um, because I'm, I am everything. I am single mom. I'm running my own business. I'm all the parts of that business. And so there's definitely a struggle with prioritizing and balancing that and then holding myself accountable mm. to do the things that need to be done, or maybe just even prioritizing properly sometimes can be a struggle. Did you find that it was maybe a, there was a lot to take on. So yeah, to become, yeah, the, the accountant, cleaner, the marketing, sales, fulfillment, oh my gosh, everything. Yes. Was it the, the entirety that you weren't quite aware of when you first started and then just, it sort of came thick and fast. It's like, well, I guess I'm doing all this now. Was that, was that a blessing to be working so hard and so fast or was it, um, or was that like a, a really tough time for you? I think um, both. Um, I think that I had motivation because of my situation. Yeah. I needed to build this business and I needed it to work. And yeah. I needed it. Um, I mean, I could always go back to my old career if I wanted, but this is what I wanted. I didn't, I wanted something meaningful. And so I had a lot of drive behind the initial part of the business. And because I felt like I had to, I didn't have another choice. And I, I think in some ways that was good for me. Yeah. Because if I had someone else supporting me in some other way, maybe financially, um, maybe that drive wouldn't have been quite the same. Mm. Um, and so in some ways I'm grateful that I had to, that sort of propelled me forward in that way. There's a balance there because to have that, you know, the, the need, the desire, the, I, I've got no plan B. I, I don't, well, you do, but you don't want to go back there. So there is no option but it for it to work. It's amazing what we can do as business owners to um, pluck out the the offers, the uh, the ability, the money when we need to. Yes. When we're up against it. But we, with the law of, of balance, law of rhythm, it's a case of, okay, find out where's too far. 
where yes. is too much stress and pressure and then it has a negative impact did you reach a point where it was it was a bit too much or were yes. you kind of staying gentle in the middle I think that we I, I kind of think balance is a myth um, I don't think we have balance ever I think when we go one way we end up feeling the pressure of that off balance which pushes us the other way and it's just kind of this ongoing thing but the one thing that was big for me is that I was paranoid in the beginning about getting back to people really quickly on every level and answering the emails. And, yeah. um, and so I did finally just decide like after business hours and on the weekend, I'm not looking at it. I'm not going to do it. Mm. And um, putting some boundaries into my life and my schedule so that I could enjoy my life and not feel that constant need to do those things. I think, um, I think a lot of people use, um, self-bullying as a motivational tactic and they beat themselves up to do something or to make it happen. Or when they do something wrong and this narrative goes on in their head about how awful they are or how stupid they were. Or, um, and I, I teach this to my clients all the time. Like you, the more of a bully you are to yourself, the more judgmental and harsh you are to the world. That is how we treat the world. So we like to think that it's just us that we're doing it to, mm. but it's not. And so, um, I, I'm really consciously aware that I'm not too hard on myself for being human because I don't want to be that way to the world. I want to be loving and open and accepting other people and their humanity as well. So I don't mm. know. I kind of went on a tangent there, but I, I don't know if I answered Yeah, you that. did. That's a beautiful tangent. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think that leads on beautifully to, um, well, let's discuss your role in the business because you know you you know all of this stuff oh my gosh you know all about the rooted fears and the beliefs and the programming that we have which means you're immune from any stress and worry and <laughs> overwhelm correct that's how it works right not at, all. not at all matter of fact um i still have to do all all of this stuff um myself and every time that something comes up for me I'm frustrated or whatever. And I do think, okay, I have to do what I tell my clients to do. I have to check in with me and I have to do the work. And so it actually helps me refine the process even more because I'm doing it myself constantly. And I think that when it's us, the emotions feel bigger. We don't have as much clarity. We get wrapped up in the mental story and dialogue. Mm. And so I do have a very specific process of checking in with myself and asking myself, what am I feeling? When did I first feel this? What's it really about doing this reality check? And then, yeah. you know, really asking what I need, want, and desire. I actually think that most people don't check in with what they need, want, and desire. And so consequently, they don't meet their own needs and wants very well. And I say need, want, and desire, because when I say need, people are like, well, I have everything I need. And so I'm like, no, 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 let's go farther. What's a want or desire? Because your wants and desires are needs. Yeah. And if we aren't fulfilling those in our life, then we're betraying ourselves over and over and over. I think that point there about needs, wants, and desires, and we, we can overcomplicate everything. We can yeah. mistranslate everything. So it's a these things it, it is more simple than we, we think it is 
But mm-hmm. when we're a human being with our neurochemicals and our emotions and our nervous system going haywire over the smallest little thing, it can be such a tough place. So again, to logically, logically you get this, but once yes. you're ramped up, once your body is sort of on that, on that verge, it doesn't matter what logically you, you know, it's how you can then manage your body. So I think yeah. looking at all these, I mean, this is where we specialize with our clients. It's the mental, it's the physical, it's the environmental, those three core aspects. You can't just focus on one. If you just focus on the body, you're not working on the, the mindfulness, the beliefs, the promises, the stories, and they're going to keep on triggering. So the one modality you have is put through even more paces. You're using it way too much. That's your yeah. approach. That's so, a great point. You do. You use the one coping mechanism you have way too much. And that's actually where addiction happens, right? Because someone uses alcohol to cope with their stress in the evening um, or whatever it is, shopping, eating, whatever. Yeah. And we overuse the one coping mechanism that we have. And we forget like we're an integrated whole human being and we can't just look at just the body or just the mind or just the emotions. Yes, but we're not taught this we're not told how to do this so we magically sort of find our own way what works for us yeah rather than manage it we cope there's a there's a nuance there 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 are two very different things so yeah that's a tough i think realization i mean we were chatting off, offline before you came on about you know it's, it's the awareness of the modalities that you do it's to get the word out there that this this exists and how powerful it can be and the difference it can make yeah. I guess you're also battling with a little bit of maybe a bit of guilt. I know personal story for me when I first started, you know, digging into this world all those years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, you mean I could have been managing myself better all this time? I had the skills and the ability to do this without any outside influence. A little bit of guilt came in. I and I didn't want to believe it to be true. I think I think that's there's the big phrase. I didn't want to believe for it to be true. Once I overcame that that's where you step into your power. So do you find that with some of your clients? They don't want to believe it's, it's so easy. And when it is, yes. or when it is achievable, everything changes. Well, and simple isn't the same as easy, right? Um, it's simple. It can be simple. Um, but if I went to go try to run a marathon today, even though that process is one foot in front of the other, a simple process, it's not going to be easy because I wouldn't have trained for it. Right. So it does require the training. And I think that people need to understand that, that we do heal better with others. We do see better into ourselves with the insight of others and we get more clarity when we're together. And really the biggest human need is connection. And so we're very disconnected as a society. We're very disconnected individually. And so realizing that we do need to reach out for help is big. And then realizing that the right help matters. Um, I recently had a client that was referred to me from a regular talk therapist. She had been in weekly sessions for over six years for extreme anxiety. She knew all the things she'd read all the books. She had, you know, tried all the stuff, but she didn't know it subconsciously. She knew it in your conscious mind. And we want to yeah. integrate the conscious and the subconscious. So, you know, even after her third session, she went back to her regular therapist and the therapist said, you don't need to be here. You don't even need to be on the calendar unless something comes up in life, you're not struggling. And it's because she finally felt better on the inside. And I think that's the disconnect that a lot of people don't understand. They're like, well, I've tried this and I've tried that. 
And it's because they probably haven't done this integrative holistic approach that actually helps them feel better on the inside. Cause it's not about what you're thinking. It's about how you feel. That's what's driving even your thoughts. Your emotions are driving your thoughts so much. So we really have to address how we feel. And first we have to check in with ourselves and know how we're feeling, which no one teaches us how to do that stuff. So absolutely. So you, you said about you know, the, the marathons that we, we could be racing and it's, it, it's simple, but not easy. What's, what's your marathon? What's, what's coming up for you? What's the next steps for you as, as a business owner for your business that you're, okay, this, this is the next iteration. And this is, again, with all your tools and tactics and the knowledge that you have is like, yeah, shit, I'm, I'm still a little bit scared of, of, of this place or th- th- whatever's coming up. What, what is that for you? Well, there definitely is something. I, I mean, I have a, a in-person practice in Richland. I have another in-person practice in Spokane. And then I work with people on Zoom from all over the country and really the world. Um, but I do it with this five-week process that is really the core of what I do. But what I've found is that my clients really want and need additional ongoing support and accountability to integrate this into their life in a little longer term. So I've written some programs and done video trainings in those programs and, you know, hypnosis tracks in them and then set up a, a like a group program so that people can move from the individual work with me into group work with the additional accountability and the support. And so the thing I keep coming up with is my own mental block of, well, I'm used to marketing this package here, the smaller package. So I feel like I haven't made that jump into getting people into this group work program yet. And I know there's some fear around the cost thing. And that's always an issue for people as I've raised my fees over the years, you know, I've had to make these jumps. And now this feels like a significant jump to say, this is the investment level for the 16 weeks versus this five weeks and um, feeling like, oh, they're not going to, they're not going to want to invest it at that level, but it's better for them. It gives them a better result and it's good. And it helps me help more people for a longer period of time. And I believe in it, but I think that mental jump of just, I think we all have these rejection feelings inside of us, even when we do work on them that are like, oh, if I just package it in this bigger, more expensive package, um, I won't have as many clients or I'll mm. be a rejection factor or something. Right. Oh yeah. You can, you can litter all the false beliefs that could come with that. All the, all the rubbish that stands in all of our ways. It, it can be yeah. so tough. Um, I love the sort of synergy between what we were talking about earlier and you know, with the understanding with, from the business perspective, what that actually does look like, where that's coming to play, where you can actually help yourself and your clients. And, yeah. You found that the elements like this is what's going to really make the difference. This can move the needle. Understanding, okay, what is what is truly holding me back? What what is that? And it's I think it's very similar to what you're talking about with with your students, with your clients, with your patients. It's 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 a tough. You know this logically, you know it, but emotionally, oh now there's the kicker. So logically, you've got this down. 
you know the benefit you know this works oh my gosh you're adding so much more and a group to it as well the community all the things all the building blocks that you know make a successful program and a successful engagement yeah yet you still have the those feelings behind it um yeah i love that you know someone of your caliber can share this because as entrepreneurs solopreneurs especially oh we all go through this yeah I agree. We do. I think it's, um, it's tough because we're at the end of the day, we're still human. And I have a good friend who actually hired me uh, to work with her at one point. And, and so after that, I said, you know, even though I've worked with you in the capacity of, you know, um, being the expert, I can still share with you about my personal struggles and you let me be human. And thank you for letting me be human um, because we all have those things, right? And um, and I think that even when we deal with them uh, on a subconscious level, we're reframing them, we're seeing ourselves differently in the world around us differently, and we are connecting to our self-worth, um, they do still come back, maybe not in the overwhelming capacity that they would have before. They're not flooding me. They're mm. not... Um, overwhelming me and I have processes to deal with them, but it doesn't mean that there aren't still some insecurities or fears of rejection around yeah. asking for more and, and knowing that it's the best thing for them and still feeling a little held back on my end. So and all of this is it's all these make-believe scenarios that mm -hmm. maybe you haven't even had that feedback. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. It's, it's, we make this up we say, oh, it's going to be too expensive. People won't pay for that. They can't see the value, all this stuff. When Who's actually said that? Is it real? There's a principle to drop in here. Is it real? And majority of the time, it's like, no. No, it's really not. And I, I have tried to tell myself that. I've paid five times that amount for coaching yeah. programs and things that have been very valuable to me. Um, and I, I always had an issue with the group work thing because I want people to have their individual work. It's very important. And so this actually marries both of those things. They get all of their individual work and they get group work. I feel like it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that someone who is probably invested in, in themselves in other ways in the past probably would grasp that easier. But then when talking to someone who really has never invested mm -hmm. in themselves in any way, getting them to see that big picture goal feels a little, um, feels a little daunting to me. So this transition for you, it's not just you're leveling up as the business owner with, with new programs. And of course, then bringing maybe sort of team members on to get mm -hmm. some stability and foundation. It's also leveling up your, your clientele, yeah. who they are where they are what they're accustomed to so yes. there's that that's an awful lot of different changes at the you're same right. time which you're right yeah that's insightful and i think that 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 is probably where the struggle lies with me i have local clients who find me on google and then i have clients that find me on youtube and they are different client um and they have a usually a different level of awareness and so yeah it does make me have to sort of play two roles mm. at the same time. Oh, the fun and games as we, because businesses, they never stay still. We're always <laughs> evolving and moving and changing. And it's, 
Keita, thank you so much for sharing behind the scenes of, of your business as you go through a transition and all the amazing things that you actually do and how you help people. It's, it's been fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. Oh, you're welcome. Um, if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do and your amazing new program, where can they find you? Well, my website is just my first and last name, ketrathompson.com, K-E-T-R-A-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And um, people can also find me on YouTube at Ketra Thompson Hypnosis. Awesome. So if you're curious or you're like, hell yes, this sounds amazing, go check it out. But yeah, Ketra, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.